This is the day our God has made, and God makes our day. Has God made your day yet today? It's a glorious day. That was delicious. That was great. In fact, our name is Just Us, but for today, it's Just Us Alicious, I think. That was, that was great. Loved it. Oh, God really is so good. Mm. I hear somebody say, mmm. Feel better? <laughs> Take a breath. If you were here last week, you know that we ended the service in a unique way. We were celebrating pride, and our theme was, we are fearless family, and we couldn't leave here last week without playing that famous hit, we are family, right here at the end of the service, and it was really amazing. I mean, we had people moving up here, moving back there. We had a conga line going all the way through to the back and through the wings. It was amazing, and so many people on the way out of the door said, that was fun. That was so alive. A few said, I didn't know you could do that in church. I've never done that in church before. And then a few folks actually kind of said, you know something? I, I wanted to dance. I really did. But I, I just couldn't quite do it. I just couldn't quite do it. But I wanted to. I wanted to. And it got me to thinking about the challenge we have when we come to worship. Many of us come from backgrounds where the focus was on the mind. It was very intellectual. We were told what to think about God. It was all up here. And for some of us, that's church. Others come from a background where we just praise and move, and it's about feeling. It's about feeling good. And if you come to church feeling bad, you leave feeling good. <laughs> Others, it's, it's about movement. And it's about touch and taste and, and ritual. And it's, it's embodied. The, the challenge is to bring our heart and our soul and our mind and our emotions together. And that's somewhat challenging to do in one congregation and in one worship service. And yet, it's something that we seek to bring into this place. That we can be a place where you don't leave your brain at home. A, a church you can come to and you can think for yourself and you can question and you can ask questions. A place to engage intellectually on one level. We, we also seek to be a place where we can experience God in silence. And have those quiet times where we get quiet enough to hear the hum of God's universe and creation. And oftentimes that, that happens at communion. We, we also seek to be a place where we can bring our full bodies before God. And where we can experience that openness and that freedom, that uninhibited sense of experience. And yet, bringing these together can be uncomfortable. It can lead to a degree of discomfort. And the good news for us is that the challenge that we bring together as community 
and finding different ways to experience God all in the same place and sometimes all on the same Sunday is not a new thing. The early listeners and followers of Jesus also experienced this discomfort. This, this balance of, of what's reverent and what's not reverent, what's sacred and what's not sacred. They, they, they wrestled with that. They wrestled with each other. How serious are we supposed to be? Or how free are we supposed to be? They went back and forth on that. And the reality is there were some that really weren't happy with any of it. Uh, the followers of John the Baptist weren't quite sure if he really had it right. He talked about fasting. He was so tough at times. He could be so serious and so aesthetic. And then Jesus comes along. And he began to question some of their traditions that were centuries old. One of their traditions was you always fasted before the wedding feast. And Jesus said, hey, this is a wedding. Let's get started now with the party. <laughs> and they weren't sure he was right about that. So they struggled with this. John the Baptist was too harsh and Jesus was too soft. In today's scripture, we see Jesus addressing this issue, and he's not doing it in this way where he's trying to force people into some kind of worship box. And we'll say that here. If you don't feel like dancing and everyone's dancing around you, that's okay. Worship quietly if that's, if that's how you best experience God. On the other hand, if, if uh, just us Alicia is singing a great piece like today and you want to get up, <laughs> go ahead and get up, you know, get into it. But part of what Jesus is saying is, however you worship, be engaged. And however you worship, in body, mind, or spirit, be real about it. And, and what's happening in today's gospel, if you look at that scripture, is there's this very simple line where Jesus speaks through a child. And what Jesus says is, the music was playing and nobody danced. And he says it with this sense of sadness. Come to the dance. Get real. Get engaged. Come join me. Don't worry about who's right. It's not about John the Baptist. It's not about me. It's about relationship. So the dance is on. Some of us dance with our full bodies. And some of us dance more on the inside. But the question Jesus is asking is, will you dance? This scripture today was actually lived out in a wedding ceremony, a wedding party. And one of my colleagues talks about just an observation he made between a mother and her son at this wedding party. At a recent wedding, I watched a mother try to lure her little boy onto the dance floor. She invited him to dance to a slow song and tried again when a fast song was played. She winked and cajoled. She pretended to be sad dancing alone. She pretended she was dancing while he stood on her feet, yet he wouldn't dance. Finally, she gave him one last look filled with love and sadness, then turned her attention to a little girl who was eager to join her. They twirled around the dance floor, giggling in delight. God wants to twirl us on the dance floor and giggle with delight. And yet, if we're not ready to dance, 
God will wait. But God's still going to attempt to woo us to the floor. God's going to continue to wink at us and say, aren't you ready? I'm ready when you are. Come to the dance floor. As I heard that story and as I heard the question of Jesus in the gospel, I I found myself asking, why is it that some of us struggle with this issue of dancing? What is it about dancing that frightens us? I think there are several reasons. One of the reasons I think is that the images around us create body issues for us and dancing involves the body. We're not quite up to the standard of perfection that we see in magazine ads and in music videos. And there's this idea that if we can't be beautiful as beauty is perceived in the culture around us, then we can't dance. We have to cover ourselves. We're ashamed. We're inhibited. We're not going to dance unless we can do it perfectly, unless we can get it right, unless we can be impressive. Because that's what we're told we're supposed to be. And so we hold back, a little bit afraid of who we really are, a little bit inhibited. That's one of the reasons. The other reason why some of us hold back from the dance is because some of us come from church backgrounds where we were told our bodies were dirty, nasty, sinful. And and to move our bodies was to display our sinfulness, our worthlessness. I came from a background where dancing was considered a sin. And in fact, one of the jokes we made in the Church of the Nazarene is that the reason they had a prohibition against premarital sex is that premarital sex could lead to dancing. (laughs) But I can remember my first time in a gay club. It was a Sundance in Kansas City. And uh, I got real close to the dance floor. And I mean, I wanted to be out there. There was so much joy, so much emotion, so much life and freedom and celebration. And I felt like I was almost there, but I just couldn't get there because I'd been told that dancing was wrong. And I was struggling with coming out issues and all that kind of stuff. It was all happening. And this guy comes up and he asks me to dance. And my response to him was, no, I can't dance. And he looked at me and he said, "Uh, you're already dancing. I was already feeling the movement in my body. I wasn't standing still. I was moving because it was a movement that God placed in me. And yet my faith was a faith that had pushed it down, pushed the body down, pushed the life down. And it wanted out. I wasn't ready yet. I found another place in the bar away from the dance floor. And it was one of those places that was lonely where I could be inhibited. But the dance, the dance went on. We all have that call inside of us that invites us to be engaged, whatever engagement is for us. Whatever engagement is for us according to how God created us in our uniqueness. One of the messages of Scripture that has been pushed down and beaten down for too long is the message that God has created us in God's goodness. God's intent was for us to be physical people. People full of cells and senses. People alive. People who respond to touch. People who enjoy eating and breathing and dancing and making love. 
And that's part of our faith life. Who do you think came up with the idea of making love? God did. (laughs) It was God's idea. It was God's idea for us to be connected, in love with God, in love with each other, in love with life, and proud of our bodies, however our bodies are created. For a moment, just feel your own hand. Take a moment. Feel the senses. Feel the warmth. Do you feel God there? Do you feel life there? Our bodies are good. And they're made to move and they're made to feel and they're made to be alive. And having our bodies alive before God is part of worship of God. A passionate, connected worship. That's how God made us. Okay, Janice, just how delicious are we? (laughs) Oh, you are so cruel. (laughs) (laughs) It's really okay to have all these bodily desires and pleasures, desires for sex and for fragrances, for the savory and the salty, for the sweet and the sour, or for the feel of smooth silk on your skin, or the sense of that muscle rippling with strength. The adrenaline rush of an exciting game and the warmth of a hot shower with the water going over your back. Or how about the luscious, drowsy languor of a full stomach? If we can trust the scriptures at all, this is right. God likes bodies and all that goes with them, including the really funky, fun parts. (laughs) God likes bodies so much that they are front and center in the process of salvation. The New Testament seriously proposes that our bodies themselves not only will be redeemed in ways beyond our present comprehension, but also that in Christ they participate in our spiritual transformation in the here and in the now. Bodies are us, and we are not redeemed apart from them because they are an inseparable part of who and what we are. The soul-suffused mystery of the flesh is the location of our conversion and our transformation. (laughs) He wrote it. (laughs) Even the Apostle Paul, who had all kinds of body issues and hang-ups, of all the biblical writers, he was the most in need of therapy, even the Apostle Paul (laughs) said, our bodies are God's temples. Our bodies are the place where God lives, where Christ dances and moves. Our bodies are meant to be celebrated. For just a moment, just think of your favorite sense. Try to decide. Is it the sense of smell? Well, maybe when chocolate chip cookies are baking. Is it the sense sense of touch? Maybe when after a long day you get to finally ease yourself in to that comfortable favorite chair. Is it the sense of sound? Maybe at the symphony? What's your favorite sense? Give it to God. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. Say, thank you, God. How good are you? Join the dance. Touch. Feel. Why is dancing so important? Because dancing really is about relationship. And when you look at John the Baptist and Jesus, you could say that on one hand, John the Baptist was more of a representative of religion 
And Jesus was more a representative of relationship. And the wonderful thing about dancing and this invitation to dance is that it is an invitation to relationship. It is that movement beyond the oppression of religion. And Janice, we'll let you redeem yourself here. <laughs> if you could just describe a little bit of the difference between religion and relationship. Religion is I have to. Relationship is I want to. Religion requires outward signs and symbols, and relationship offers come. Let us introduce you to the living reality behind these symbols. Religion is an obligation, often resulting in guilt and anxiety. But relationship, it's an adventure producing joy and wonder. Religion is telling about God. Relationship is experiencing God. Religion does things for God. Relationship abides in God. Religion is the blueprint of the real thing. Relationship, it is the real thing. God wants to relate to us. And that is why God came in body. Bodies are good. That's why God sent Jesus in a body. To eat with us and drink with us. To dance with us. To rest with us. Jesus touched. Jesus healed. Jesus connected. And even after Jesus was resurrected and came back, the embodiment was again emphasized when Jesus had a breakfast of fish on the beach with his disciples. He still tasted and related. And it is so good. So hear the invitation today. God wants to dance with us. God wants to dance around us. And God wants to dance inside of us with every cell, with every breath, with every heartbeat. Will you dance? Amen. He gave me that reading this morning. I went, oh, my. <laughs> One of my favorite memories when I was a kid was when my mother would pull my two brothers and my sister and I together, and Dad was usually working late, and she would put on these records, and she would teach us to dance. And she would teach us the jerk and the mashed potato and the twist. I just loved it. And she gave us these little guidelines from dancing, and it was like this. She said, release your inhibitions, never overthink your dance move, and allow the dance to express your deepest joy and gratitude. And I've taken these lessons, and they have become a part of who I am. And I, I have found them very handy in the way that I relate to people, the way I love, the way that um, I've worked in my vocations, and the way that I have played. And I've used it more times than not in ministry. And so as we come to this time of offering, I would just lift these um, dance lessons to you. And ask for you to think about ways that you can live out your ministry, to live out your generosity in the dance. And Jules is going to come and sing a song as we receive this offering that I would just let yourself hear the voice of the Mother God teaching you to dance. Let us pray. Gracious God, indeed, we do thank you that you have extended an arm to us, 
and so gently and patiently you wait. As we come now to give you the fruits of our labor, the blessings in our lives, and to return that to you, God, we do ask that you would help us release them to you, to not be inhibited in our giving. And God, help us not to overthink our ministries and our callings and our gifts that we share, but indeed, Lord, to rely on you, to allow our gifts and our giftedness to be an expression of our deepest joy and gratitude to you. God, take our gift, multiply it, and use it to glorify your name and drawing others unto you, and teach us now to dance. Amen.